Hello, and welcome to the Real Estate Investing Deal Deep Dive. I'm your host, Jeremy. Today we have a special guest, a Mr. Ryan Letniak. Ryan, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. So, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get started in real estate investing, and what kind of strategies are you using? Uh, always been interested in in real estate, just houses and, and seeing you know, the HGTV fix and flip shows and, you know, stuff like that has always been, uh, been an interest, uh, Scott McGillivray's income properties, um, show. So, so that kind of gave me an initial interest into what real estate could provide a person. And, uh, so took a while, um, before actually being able to take action or, or anything like that, but, um, buy and hold. Uh, rental properties in Edmonton area is is what we've focused on and now looking at um, doing some fix and flips to to generate a bit more active income on the side to continue being able to do buy and holds long term. (laughs) Sounds like a good plan. Yeah, for sure. Hello and welcome to the Real Estate Investing Deal Deep Dive. I'm your host, Jeremy. Today we have a special guest, a Mr. Ryan Letniak. Ryan, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. So, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get started in real estate investing and what kind of strategies are you using? Uh, Always been interested in in real estate, just houses and, and seeing, you know, the HGTV fix and flip shows and, you know, stuff like that has always been been an interest to Scott McGillivray's income properties show so so that kind of gave me an initial interest into what real estate could provide a person and so took a while before actually being able to take action or or anything like that but buy and hold uh, rental properties in Edmonton area is is what we've focused on and now looking at doing some fix and flips to to generate a bit more active income on the side to continue being able to do buy and holds long term. <laughs> Sounds like a good plan. Yeah, for sure. So Ryan, what was the best deal you've ever done? What was the plan? What went well? What didn't? And what would you have done differently now? Well, I think best deal is is a little bit relative, but I'll I'll go with the the deal that we did that had the fewest surprises, I guess, because so far everything's had certain surprises along the way, but the one that kind of went the closest to plan, I guess you could say, we recently did uh, a burr where we bought an undervalued home that was pretty much in original condition. And our plan was to renovate it, put a legal basement suite, then rent it out and refinance it and try and get as much of our money out as we could. And so I guess what went well is we're extremely happy with with the end product, how how it all turned out. The tenants that we were able to get in there are, are happy and they're one, been wonderful tenants in the time that they've been there and there were there were no real big surprises throughout the project everything kind of was what we expected no no big expenditures that that were unexpected throughout the renovation some of the things that did go wrong is our timeline went a lot longer 
than than we had hoped. The renovation was done kind of right through COVID. So there were some supply chain issues, some issues with contractors, you know, getting COVID and not being able to come and do work on site when when we were hoping or had scheduled them in, right? And so just all these little delays along the way compounded and ended up making the project a lot longer than than we would have hoped. How far or how long did you originally plan to have this project? Six to eight months was kind of what we were we were hoping ideally for for the process of you know getting permits for the legal suite and then all the all the work that was required, and it took about double that. Oh geez. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that that's quite the quite the length. For sure. How much, um, how much of that do you think was from contractors and how much from supply chain issues? To break it down, I, I'm i not sure exactly. A combination. And and some of it, I guess, could tie into what we learned from this is we, we had hired a general contractor for this project and we probably weren't on him as much as we should have been to, to keep the project going. And I think he recognized at the end it took a lot longer than he wanted it to as well and he had taken on too many projects in that time frame as well so that he wasn't able to devote the attention that he needed to keep things moving on our project right so certain things like he in he quoted doing the drywall himself because he knew he could do it a lot cheaper than getting a crew in but between everything else, it took him substantially longer to to do the drywall and the taping and mudding than it would have to just hire a crew to get in there and do it. Mm-hmm. And so in hindsight, it probably would have been better for us to just pay the extra that it would have to get a crew in so that we could have got it done in a lot more timely fashion. So a few things like that we learn along the way. And How did that affect your holding costs? It affected them a bit, but Thankfully, we didn't do like we got a conventional mortgage for this one. And so our interest rate was really good. And so obviously it all adds up over time, but it's not like we were paying 15% interest that would have hurt a lot more. But when you're, I think it was uh, 2.65 or something like that is, is the interest rate we we're paying. So obviously you're, you're, paying more than you want to be, but it wasn't detrimental. It, it didn't sink us per se. That, um, that's good to hear. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, on all of the projects I've been looking at, I've been calculating a 15% interest. For those who are listening, that's typically for like hard money lenders. That's where you're going to get like the, the 12 to 15% interest rates. So if you can get that two or two to 5% interest rate, with conventional lenders, that's typically who you want to use. So looking back on it, uh, what, what would you have done differently? Just the, just with the drywall and the contractor? Or? Yeah, the, for the timeline, for sure. Just kind of been on top of things a little bit more. And, and probably we tried to be understanding of him and his situation and stuff like that. But I don't think we necessarily were as forceful in expressing, you know, our essentially displeasure <laughs> with with how long things were taking and then the other thing was we had gone over over budget a bit so for us it was we've done some renovations prior but this was the first kind of complete gut 
renovation. And so a lot of the decisions we made trying to put ourselves in that situation. So I think we made it maybe a little bit more personal, like made decisions on a more personal level than, than trying to completely remove the emotion from it. So, so some of the decisions we could have made to, to save a little bit money here and there, but in the end we decided, or at the time we justified it by saying, well, we'll be holding this, you know, long-term in the end, it'll all kind of work out positively for us. So, yeah, so it, it was by no means a, a perfect burr in which we were able to pull out all of our money, but we weren't anticipating that going into it either. It just allowed us to get a product where we wanted and what we wanted in an area that we wanted and stuff. So, so we're still happy with, with how it all worked out. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. Uh, now you mentioned this one was in Edmonton. Do you mind sharing which neighborhood in Edmonton this, this burr was? For sure. It was in the neighborhood of Forest Heights. Forest uh, yeah. Okay. So a pretty good neighborhood and well sought after and everything. And it's near the river Valley. So the tenants that we have there right now are, are happy. They can walk their dogs and go to the parks and stuff like that. So they're, they're happy with the neighborhood for sure. <laughs> That's good to hear. So I want to switch gears here a little bit and move on to the worst deal that you've ever done. So what was the plan with that one? What didn't go to plan and how did you recover from it? So probably the worst deal we did was the one that had the, the biggest surprise for us. So it was a single family house that had a garage suite built on the property as well. So it was a, a newer built garage suite that the, the homeowner had kind of built himself with contract for, for his family. He had three boys. It was a smaller house. And so he wanted kind of extra space for them. So it wasn't built as a intentional rental, but they got some job opportunity out of the province and decided to sell and move. And so, so we, our realtor found it for us when he knew that we were looking for a rental property. We were focusing on basement suites for the most part, but this came up and, and still fit the, fit our criteria for sure. So there were, our plan was the kitchen and bathrooms in the house had been updated, but there was missing baseboard. There were really bold colors on the walls. It was a mix mash of older flooring in the house. So our plan was just to kind of go through and refresh and things, put, put some new hardware on the door handles, give everything a fresh coat of, coat of paint, uh, new flooring upstairs, and then new baseboard and casing to kind of tie it all together. And then there were just a few things in the garage suite that hadn't been finished. The flooring on the stairs wasn't done because it hadn't been designed as a rental. There wasn't laundry in the garage suite. So adding, adding laundry to the garage suite was, was part of the plan. So our, we had probably a, a $25,000 uh, renovation budget that we were planning to to use to kind of get it up to where we wanted it. And so we, we were hemming and hawing and trying to decide it was carpet in the basement, but there were three different carpets between the um, bedroom, the living room and the walk-in closet downstairs. And so we finally decided to replace the carpet downstairs as well and just match it with uh, luxury vinyl plank throughout the entire house. And 
when the contractors pulled up the carpet, a huge, it smelled a lot and it didn't before. So what we found out was there was some water leaking and there was mold underneath the, the subfloor in the basement. And for some reason hadn't been discovered by us in the previous times we had been in there until, until we rolled up the carpet. So we ended up pulling up all of the subfloor and then you try and figure out where this water is coming from that caused the mold initially. So it started tying into some of the walls and, and found some cracks and then found a horizontal crack in, in the basement. So then went to getting an engineer to come in and figure out, you know, now how do we deal with this horizontal crack? Cause it's not as easy as just filling with, with an epoxy, like you can a vertical crack. So yeah, we had to put, what's it called? Pressure, pressure treated foundation wall, something like that on the interior. So essentially you put a reinforced wall to kind of take the load off of the foundation itself. It helps hold the foundation in place and support the, the floor above essentially. Okay. That's on the inside wall. That's on the inside. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. So it, it's just, it's built very, very good, I guess more than you would normally like a normal interior wall. It's you're using pressure treated two by sixes that are then anchored to the basement floor. Then they use hangers on the joists above and then they block it right up against the wall to kind of add extra structural support. Um, because essentially with a horizontal crack, your structure is failing. So, so we had to do that. And then they have to, for us, what they had to do is they had to excavate along the exterior. Then they backfill with a river rock and that relieves, supposed to relieve the pressure of the compaction and contraction that dirt pushes pushing against the foundation. So it took longer and, and there was a significant added expense for, for that process as well. And then obviously, because now you're redoing the basement wall, uh, we weren't planning on doing drywall or insulation or anything on like that. So now we had to add that added expense as well, as far as the renovation. Yeah. Well, how much longer did that add to your timeline and do you remember approximately how much that ended up costing you extra? So it probably added two to three months, roughly oh, by wow. the time it was all said and done. Yeah. That's quite lengthy. Yeah. And the cost that it added was an additional 40,000, give or take. That's quite a bit more than the 25. Yeah. Originally budgeted. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it's, it's one of those things that at that point you kind of got to just figure out what you have to do and deal with it and, and move on. Um, but yeah, it was, like I said, the, the biggest surprise. And as far as trying to figure out how we could avoid it in the future, we had, because we weren't planning on doing extensive renovations or whatever, we did have a home inspection done. And we, we use a very thorough home inspector, but like any home inspector, they can't guarantee everything. They can't see behind the walls. There wasn't elevated moisture readings or anything at the time. And, 
and none of us picked up on any sort of smells or anything at the time that would have given us a hint of, of things. So I've, I've gone back many times and tried to think, you know, what could we have done differently to, to avoid this, you know, or, or have a better idea that it was there. And I haven't come up with a concrete answer <laughs> other than, you know, just be try and be more thorough, like the floor in the parts of the furnace room, you know, were somewhat exposed. So maybe trying to investigate closer there. I, I don't know, but I've, I've talked to the inspector as well afterwards. And, you know, obviously he feels very bad about the situation, but yeah, he doesn't come up with any, or hasn't come up with any things that, you know, he thinks would have made a difference either. So it sounds fair. Yeah. If anybody listening has any any suggestions or experience with concrete or foundation fails, please feel free to shoot us a message. So that way we can all learn from from this uh, this experience. So out out of this deal here, what lessons do you feel that you've learned? To be adaptable. You know, figure out think things are going to happen that that you may not expect or you may not know along the way so so having a better understanding that you know things may come along that that take you off course for a little bit you know so being able to adapt to the situation and and just carry on don't let it stall you out or or scare you of you know things we've done deals and you know after this it didn't stop us from from moving forward with our plans and what we wanted in the end like I said, it's it's another long-term buy and hold. The the product now is is wonderful. We've had people in there; they'll be there for three years now, and super love the place and everything. So so it's worked out well for us as far as a long-term rental, but just cost us a bit more money up front, obviously, and it's never an ideal situation. But no, no, it is not. You had a contingency plan built in when you, or contingency funds, I should say, when you when you bought this property. We had funds. We weren't planning on that much contingency funds, but yeah. Well, probably not. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. That sounds fair. So we're just about at the end of our program here. What would you advise? What advice would you give to new investors in your area here who are looking to scale their real estate business? I guess to to have a good, you know, we. Felt like we had a good home inspector, we had good contractors, but not necessarily as far as contractors feel as though you're locked in. You know, it's it's a team for a reason, right? And that doesn't necessarily mean that your team has to include just one of everybody. You know, you, if you have options and, and different people for different situations or, you know, whatever that you can utilize along the way, it'll probably help. Like. For example, the the Burr project that we did that took a, a long time, our contractor had used the same plumber for a long time. And he ended up starting the plumbing in our project and then kind of went MIA. And so at that point, he would pretty much been the primary plumber that our contractor had used. So he had to start a search for a plumber to finish up the project at that time, right? So, you know, if you have a couple plumbers you can call on that you're familiar with, that you're comfortable with their work, 
that when when one isn't able to take a job or finish a job or whatever the situation may be just because maybe they're too busy or whatever the situation you know someone else that you can call in that can step in you know as soon as possible can be advantageous in in situations like that so absolutely yeah just just being having a good team in place people that you're comfortable with and then being able to to adapt and, and figure the situation out as soon as possible so that you can keep moving forward. Sounds like a good plan. No, it's funny you mentioned plumbers as uh, you and I have spoken before, but I, I, I have yet to find a good plumber that, that I actually like working with every time. So <laughs> uh, I'm going to keep looking on that one. Yeah. So just before we take off here, what's the plan here in the, in the near future? What are you working on next? So we'll be taking possession of our first flip property in 10 days, give or take, I think. 10 days? The 15th, whatever that is. So. Oh, 10 days from recording here, yeah. Sure. Okay. And yeah, so, so the plan is a two to three month renovation for that and then try and get it on the market as soon as we can. So it'll be, it'll be a good learning experience because the previous ones that we've been doing have been rentals. So now a little bit of a different focus on a flip but but it'll be good we're, we're looking forward to it and excited about this <laughs> sounds good perfect well ryan thank you very much for your time if anybody does want to get a hold of you what's the best way to contact you facebook or instagram i guess if you search my name ryan letnyak probably be the easiest check me down there sounds good well ryan thank you very much thank you it's been a good time <laughs>